All right, now that we get the cheese out of the way, Dave, it's time for the podcast. Yes, let's do the podcast. You're wearing glasses. You're taking it seriously. Oh, no, this is, this is, come on, this is a moneymaker for us sometimes. This, this sometimes. is, this, like, I'm doing a podcast tomorrow with my good friend Mark Pensner from Bernstein in New York City about the NCAA tournament as an investment. Yeah. It's a business I like podcast. It. You should be on CNBC tomorrow. I, I, I may be. And this is the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco. You heard Dave Freeman. We're excited. This is one of our favorite times of the year. It is, as Dave said, kind of a, uh, a nice investment opportunity, if you will. Certainly, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of great uh, basketball coming your way. But we are going to start to break down the brackets, get through everything. Let's, first, let's just get general thoughts, Dave. I mean, I think— Everybody has a thing. Yeah. Right? Like, there's the anime guy, and he goes all in on that. Yeah. And there's the— acting person who sees every play that comes to town and there's the karate guy who can't get enough yeah. mixed martial arts i'm the ncaa tournament guy i live for this since winthrop was eliminated a week ago thursday i've been watching i don't know 10 12 14 hours of basketball well, hold on a minute. every let me, single let me day. do a humble brag for you because your preparation for this didn't start a week ago, your preparation started the set. Well, even before this, but it really got heavy once games started being played in November. Absolutely, you watch morning, noon, and night. I, I love it. I, I, you know, I was having uh, dinner the other night with our friend Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports, and eighty percent of his job, seventy percent of his job, is college football. And I just was like, I couldn't do that. This is what I love. I want to watch college basketball all the time. I I put together a little guide to the tournament kind of for myself because I play in a lot of games where you draft players and you pick teams and you get points and things. So I put together just a, a very small piece of information on each team. It's amazing about how much of it I didn't need to look up. Yeah. I just I just know you just like knew it. of of the 68 teams in the tournament without looking it up. I bet I know the coach of 60 yeah. or 62 or 64 and I really try hard to watch the games the last couple of weeks to see the teams because it's one thing to talk about Iona and it's another Absolutely. thing to say yeah, I watched them play this game or that game or the other game. Are you taking a selfie with our dog? I just took a selfie with Bella. And here's why. Because at some point during the podcast, you will hear snoring, and it will not be Dave and I, because we will be actively involved with the brackets here. Yeah, Bella has three levels of sleep, and they all involve noise emanating out of her. She eventually works her way to tractor trailer, which wakes up <laughs> the entire community. But she also has the uh, just kind of uh, the the motorcycle yeah. sort of murmur going right. on. But she she's a loud sleeper. Who does who does Bella like in the tournament? Um, you know, it's funny. Last year, Nicole and I did a bracket for her kind of based on the mascots. Oh, right. But this year, we were talking about it earlier. The bottom line is Bella hates everyone. Yeah. So, like, Except me. Yeah. And I mean, few, like, like some random people. she generally doesn't like people. She certainly doesn't like any other animals. So it, it's going to be a tough call for, for who she's going to go with. All right, so let's let's get right into some of the top topics that people are going to be talking about. We want to get, get especially your thoughts on this, but maybe no surprises in the top four. Top I think four there are six. no surprises in the top eight. I thought it was pretty clear cut that the top eight teams were Gonzaga, the three ACC teams, Michigan and Michigan State out of the Big Ten, and then the SEC teams, of course, Tennessee 
and Kentucky. There's a lot of conjecture and discussion about the fact that if Tennessee had won the SEC championship game, Mm -hmm. supposedly they were going to be a one. Gonzaga was going to be a two. The bottom line is when you look at the ones and the twos, those are the eight best teams in the country, and there are two of them in each bracket. There are years we look at the bracket and go, man, how are six of the 15 best teams in the same region? That's not the case this year. The eight teams are separated two, 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 and two. So you can argue about who's the best three, the best four, the best five, so forth and so on. But the eight teams in one way or another are properly aligned. Now of the number one seeds, who has the toughest two days coming up next week or later this week? That's a good question. Um, Of all the ones? Of all the ones. I don't know that any of them have an extraordinarily difficult uh, we wouldn't expect another Virginia UMBC. Start, well, you ne- you never expect that. I mean, the teams you're looking at are the eights and the nines. I think of the eights and the nines, the best two teams are Ole Miss and Syracuse. So that would say that Virginia and Gonzaga have the two most difficult roads. I mean, I, I just, I don't really see a way that VCU or UCF is beating Duke and I Definitely don't see a way that Utah State and Washington are beating North Carolina. I don't think Washington should be in the tournament. And Utah State is an unbelievable home team. And they're not playing these games at home. Yeah, and there are a couple of things that we're going to push to a little bit later here in the podcast. Just want to get kind of thoughts on the on the opening round games, the number one seeds. What about the two seeds? I know Michigan was the last one to be announced. Was that, I guess maybe, not that they were number two is the surprise, but any shake up in where they were five through eight? I mean, I think the two seeds are correct. They're the right group of teams. In terms of the roads that they have to hoe, um, I think Kentucky has the most difficult one. Wofford and Seton Hall are both really good. Houston is really good. Iowa State isn't bad. I, I think Kentucky, after they beat Abilene Christian, will have a series of difficult games before they very likely have to play North Carolina. Since I think UNC is the easiest road of any team in the tournament. So I, I don't think it's easy on Kentucky by any stretch of the imagination, Tennessee. I mean, what do you get for beating Kentucky in the sec semifinals and being one of the five or eight best teams in the country all year long, potentially a second round road game. Yeah, I mean, you're playing in Columbus against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati took it to Houston today. I thought they were pretty impressive as the uh, season wound down. Mick Cronin's a really good coach. So I, I don't think Tennessee has any sort of a cakewalk. Michigan State, Louisville is good. LSU is troubled, but very talented. Those twos as a whole, um, I think they're fairly balanced. I don't think it's, it's extraordinarily one better than the other. But Kentucky having to play a very well-coached and a difficult team, whether it be Wofford or Seton Hall, in the round of 32, I don't know that anyone else among those twos has quite that tough a game in the second round. And then Houston, who's really good, or Iowa State in the next round. I think Kentucky has the toughest road. I would say Michigan State just because I don't trust LSU at all. I think Michigan State has the easiest road of the twos.
BeardedCarCast. He is Dave Freeman. I am Mike Pacheco. Send us an email, BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com. Of course, you can always follow us on our social media channels. This is the second annual Bearded CarCast NCAA special. I'm not sure why we aren't given the rights to break the brackets and no, break them down. I mean, Greg Gumbel's done a nice job Great for a job. long time, yeah. but like I feel like we're in position to do this. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to Howie Denneroff. Absolutely. <laughs> we could do the radio version. I like that. We could definitely do the radio version. Well, let's start um, how they start. Let's start with the East. You know, we, you know, we've always talked about Duke being the number one seed. What are some of the intriguing matchups that you see in, in the East bracket? Well, Mississippi State and Liberty is interesting because of the style of play of those teams. Richie McKay, the coach of Liberty, runs a pack line system. He kind of took that from Tony Bennett at Virginia. It's a low possession, low scoring sort of system. Very, very strong defensively. And Mississippi State is coached by Ben Howland, one of the most versatile coaches in college basketball. Remember, he was at Northern Arizona. He led the nation in offense. He was at Pittsburgh. He led the nation in defense. Then he went out to UCLA and kind of got a tough time out there. He did go to the Final Four two consecutive seasons. I think he's a really, really good coach. And this particular Mississippi State team, they do hit threes. That's not great for a pack line defense defense like Liberty, but they don't defend the three particularly well. And that's something Liberty does well. They had the best three-point shooter in their conference, the Atlantic Sun this year. Mississippi State also turns the ball over. Liberty doesn't turn the ball over. I think that's going to be a really hard-fought tight game. I think that could be a very good game, but those 12-5 games tend to be really good games. And then The other one that really sticks out in the first round to me is Maryland versus the winner of Belmont and Temple. Because when you look at what they did with the two playing games, you have the two completely undeserving power conference teams. If you call St. John's a power conference team, they're kind of in that that next range. Arizona State flat out shouldn't be in the tournament. They they have more bad losses than you can count. They didn't play well down the stretch. And, and St. John's, I just don't think the Big East is worth much. Meanwhile, Belmont and Temple, Belmont had a phenomenal season, and Rick Bird is one of the best coaches in the country. Temple, very similar, played in a better-than-most-people-understand conference. And Fran Dunphy is in his last year. He's a really, really good coach. Whoever emerges from that game really can give Maryland a game. And I think maybe a good nod to the committee for putting Belmont in. A lot of people had, and I think Joe Lenardi had Belmont maybe being one of the first four out. Yeah, the first four out are UNC Greensboro, Alabama, TCU, and Indiana. And obviously, those of us that cheer for Cinderella and like the little guy would like to see UNC Greensboro in. When you read the numbers tonight and tomorrow about the number of mid-majors or low-majors that got at-large berths, it's a little bit deceiving because Gonzaga got an at-large berth, even though they're one of the five best teams in the country, but they lost the conference championship game. But, But supposedly, the last team in was St. John's, and UNC Greensboro was the last team out. 
And who would you rather see in there if you didn't have a rooting interest in, in St. John's? I think you'd have to say you'd want to see UNCG in there. I mean, we're biased. I mean, we, we, well, work, we work in, in the mid-majors. We work mid-low in mid-majors, level, yeah. and we live in this area, and we know the SoCon was really good this year, and UNC Greensboro is very competitive. I think UNC Greensboro would have beaten Arizona State or beaten St. John's, but that that's neither here nor there. What do you think about the the Dick Vitale proposal? That oh, uh, well, doesn't Dick have seventy four teams in this year and eight number one seeds? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the uh, you know sticking to the field of sixty eight. But I think he has well, of the thirty eight um, uh, of the remaining at large bids. He he puts a portion aside that that should go to to mid majors. Just to well, encourage... what's the goal? If the goal is to get the best teams in, then that's a bad idea. I mean, every year it is going to be different. It's the same thing as the people that say, well, I don't think a team below 500 in their league should get in. Well, there are years where the ACC or the Big Ten are so unbelievably good that their ninth place team who went 7-11 and is more deserving. I don't think you can put hard and fast rules in because every set of scenarios is different. Every year is different. Would I like to see Greensboro in? Yes. Would I like to see Lipscomb in? Yes. But I don't think we have a bad bracket. I don't think that Alabama or UNC Greensboro has that much to go crazy about. I mean, when you look at like the teams that didn't get in, Greensboro, Alabama, TCU, Indiana, Texas, NC State, there are a lot of power conference teams in that group. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you would argue, too, that uh, well deserved that they were out. Yeah. Know. I mean, you can always make an argument about who is 69 right. versus 68. In the end, you need to be one of the top, right. whatever it is, 60 to ensure yourself a berth. And if you're doing the bearded carcass drinking game, Dave just said 69. So take a drink. <laughs> um, who has a gripe that didn't get in? Or are there any gripes this year? I mean, I think Greensboro has the biggest gripe because all the Power 5 teams that didn't get in had more opportunities to win big games. UNC Greensboro played in what is the best Southern Conference in recent memory. So, yeah, like some of their games don't look as good because they aren't those signature big-name teams. But the bottom line is East Tennessee State was really good this year. Furman was really good this year. Wofford was really good this year. Greensboro was really good this year. So they had a really good record in a really good conference. If they had been in a conference with a bigger name than the SOCON, they probably would have gotten in. They probably have the best argument. But those other teams, I mean, I think the ACC is the best conference, and I think the ACC is the best conference by a long shot. So if you told me that Clemson and NC State got in, I wouldn't have a terrible argument with that. I thought NC State played really well in the ACC tournament yeah. here in Charlotte. I, I don't really think they were particularly close to getting in. Well, okay, fine. But, I mean, to me, they were more deserving than Alabama, TCU. But that that's just me. I thought the ACC was really good. All right, let's flip over to the South. Where Virginia, is the, Virginia, Virginia is the number one. Uh, seed the number two overall seed. They'll play Gardner Webb. That's a team that you and I are very familiar with. We obviously saw them. Actually, you didn't. You only saw them one. No, you saw them twice this year. I saw them twice, and yeah. then watched the Big South Championship game. I think Tim Kraft is a terrific coach. If you don't think that this is going to be the hardest work Tony Bennett has ever put into a scouting report yeah. after losing the UMBC Absolutely. in the first round last year, you're kidding yourself. Yes, Virginia plays defense, and low-scoring games. This is also their best offensive team in quite some time. I I really like Gardner-Webb. I like a lot about their program and their coaching staff and the way they play. 
Uh, I mean, the, you're going to get Virginia's A, A, A plus effort, and they're really good. Don't re- talk yourself into Virginia trips up in the tournament every year. DeAndre Hunter wasn't healthy last year. Yeah. He's one of their best players. He's one of the best players in the ACC. This is a team that led the country in number of points the they allowed this year, led the country in three-point defensive field goal percentage, was fourth in the country in three-point shooting themselves. They don't hurt themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They're really, really good. I mean, Virginia is clearly one of those four or eight best teams in the country. They're not losing to Gardner-Webb. The question is, are they going to lose to Ole Miss or Oklahoma? I don't really think... Oklahoma should be in the bracket. I did not think this was a good year for the Big 12. I didn't think they have any Final Four candidates. And Ole Miss, I mean, what did Middle Tennessee State do in the tournament the last few years? Well, this is their coach. That's Kermit Davis. Mm -hmm. They can hit free throws, and they can get to the free throw line. They have an unbelievable assist-to-turnover ratio. They cause turnovers. They are talented. Are they as good as Virginia? Probably not. But Kermit Davis has proven he can win games in the tournament. That that is not an easy second-round game. Of the 8-9 teams, I don't like VCU or UCF. I don't like Utah State or Washington. I think Syracuse is pretty good. Ole Miss, though, probably the best of the 8 or 9 teams. And then you look, um, Tennessee has Colgate opening round. I think it's the first time they've been to the tournament since Adonal Foyle. And yep. That was 15 years. I mean, that was quite a bit yep. Quite a bit ago. But, you know, Rick Barnes has done a great job. Good turnaround there. I Tennessee. will say this about Colgate. Matt Langle, their coach, played at Penn under Fran Dunphy and won at Penn and went to the tournament, been there, done that. He's done a terrific job at Colgate. Do I think they're going to give Tennessee a game? Probably not, but but I do think there's coaching pedigree there. And that's one of the things you look for when you look at matchups too, is obviously you, you, you take a lot of time in watching the players, but uh, you spend a lot of time really analyzing the coaching yeah, matchups and too. and that sub-region, those eight teams at the bottom of the South, you want to talk about good coaches Essentially, every team, actually not essentially, every one of those eight teams has a coach that I would be very, very comfortable with. I think, I mean, one guy's won the national championship two of the last three years, Jay Wright. Randy Bennett has done an unbelievable job at St. Mary's. I mean, 18 years, took over a program that had won two games, has averaged 27 wins a year over the last six or seven years, and upset Gonzaga in the WCC tournament. Matt Painter does terrific work at Purdue. Jeff Jones is an unbelievable coach, particularly on the defensive end at Old Dominion. Mick Cronin is always underrated. Fran McCaffrey is outstanding. Langle and Rick Barnes. That is an all-star group of eight coaches in the bottom of the South. That might be the best group of eight coaches in any region. It's very good. It's a very good group of coaches. The the, the bottom of the the UNC bracket is really good too. Willard can coach and Mike Young can coach. Georgia State has now been in the tournament a couple times, won some games last time around. We love Chris Holtman, who used to be at Gardner-Webb and now is at Ohio State. Uh, Steve Prohm can coach and and Kelvin can coach. There's some good coaches down there too. 
Well, you, you mentioned uh, we look at the uh, UNC Iona matchup. That's a that's a rematch of the uh, preseason NIT from 2006, I believe. <laughs> yeah, it is. Jeff Rulin no longer at no Iona. Longer there, yeah. Tim Kluis does a terrific job. I think North Carolina has the best draw, and I don't think it's close. I think it's a cakewalk to the Elite Eight. If I'm a Tar Heel fan, I could not be any happier with this draw. Uh, call it like it is. Washington shouldn't be in the tournament. Yep. The Pac-12 was awful this year. They staggered down the stretch. The best game they played all season long was a loss against Gonzaga. <laughs> they played Gonzaga very tight. They're just not good, and they're not playing good right now. Now, they do play the Jim Beheim zone, and that is difficult to prepare for, especially with only a one-day turnaround. Who in the ACC does the best job consistently against Syracuse's zone? Mm. It's probably North Carolina. Yeah, probably. They get the guy to the high post. Yeah. They shoot over it. They move sides of the floor. I, I, I don't like Washington at all. Utah State's had a really nice year. They are very, very well coached. They don't have the horses to play with North Carolina. Then you look at that next four teams. I am not a tremendous fan of teams that exert all of their effort in the tournament that ends the Sunday before yeah. the NCAA tournament right. begins. Auburn gave you everything they had to win the SEC tournament. I, I don't know how much left. How much they is. got left in the tank. And Kansas, who would play a Sweet 16 home game, they, they're just not healthy. I mean, they, they're two best players, or, I mean, certainly Azubuki was their best player this sure. year, and then they've suffered more injuries along the way. I, I just don't, I mean, have you watched them play recently? Because if you've watched them play and you really like them, I, I seriously um, question your judgment. They, they're really only good, Mike, at one statistical category. They they, they play pretty good defense but Vic is out as a bouquet is out Bill Self doesn't have the horses I, I I don't like Kansas at all I think North Carolina is going to the elite eight how much and I, maybe the zero is the answer to this but how much does the the, the looming basketball scandal have already seen some um some uh, I think it's very significant last year the teams that were embroiled in problems like Arizona lost in the first round of the tournament. I am so far off the LSU bandwagon. They don't have their head coach yeah. right now. Any one of those teams, and Auburn is one, Chuck Person is yeah. pleading guilty. Yeah, we have like, some I, sentences handed down. Recently. I don't want to be near those teams with major NCAA problems. It was a good strategy last year, and I'm going to roll with that. <laughs> All right, what else do you see in that bracket with uh, UNC leading the way there? Well, I think it's UNC in the Elite Eight, and the question is, who are they going to play? And I thought Kentucky... I think Kentucky's really good. I think maybe Cal's team has improved more than anyone else during the course of the season. Now, he does not play a deep bench, but I, I, I like them. I think Kentucky's really good. I think their second-round matchup, though, Seton Hall was terrific in the Big East tournament. I don't, yeah. I don't know that the Big East is very good this year, but they're a 10 seed. They feel more like a 7-8-9 to me, and... Mike Young is a great coach at Wofford, underappreciated, not really known that well. And you look at guys that are veterans, you look at guys that can score, guys that teams really, really have to game plan for, 
And, and, and Wofford has one of those guys. You either do or you don't, but Fletcher McGee can yeah. pop 30 or 35 yeah. on you with, with no problem. So I, I think UK has a tough game second round. And then Houston is my favorite three seed. I, yeah. I mean, I know they lost to Cincinnati today, but what bad loss do they have the entire season? And they really, really get out and guard. So, like, is Kentucky going to beat Wofford or Seton Hall? They're certainly going to be favored. Where they beat Houston or Iowa State, they're certainly going to be favored. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. When I fill out my bracket, Mike, it's going to be North Carolina in that yeah. bracket. I think they're the best team, but I think their road is so much easier. You, you're kind of giving me a buy in the top eight in that region, <laughs> whereas the bottom is a, a, a fight. Well, I don't want to pick anyone out of the dogfight. I just want to take the team that's got the easiest road. Carolina's going to have one tough game to get to the Final Four. Okay, I'll assume that they're going to beat whoever it is they're playing. All right, we'll take a look at the West here on the Bearded Carcass when we return. The second annual Bearded Carcast NCAA Tournament Extravaganza comes your way with Dave Friedman. I am Mike Pacheco. We've kind of gone around the brackets here. We have one more to go. We have the West, starting with Gonzaga, coached by Mark Few. Obviously, uh, a household brand out of the WCC. Interestingly enough, an at-large at a number one seed. They lost their conference tournament game to a really good St. Mary's coach team in Randy Bennett. And, you know, Gonzaga has been one of those teams, Dave, number one team throughout most of the year uh, at different points. And they're number one in everything. Yeah. They are the best shooting team in the country, the highest scoring team in the country. They are among the best in defensive field goal percentage. They block a million shots. They, they kind of do everything well. And they are extraordinarily deep, especially with Killian Tilly coming back from injury. The bugaboo and the question is going to be, they played the last two months against the WCC. Right, right. And that is not the ACC. Now, the WCC was pretty good this year. And Gonzaga killed them. They won by an average of 25 or 30 points a game. Yes, they lost to St. Mary's in the championship game. They also beat St. Mary's by 40 the first time they played and 30 the second time they played. And if you go back to the non-conference schedule, they beat Duke with Zion Williamson. They played competitive games against North Carolina and Tennessee. They're really good. They're every bit the number one seed that they look like in this bracket. Does that mean they're going to come out of it? No, it doesn't, but they are a very deserving number one seed. One of the other games that kind of jumped out when, when you and I talked about, and this may be one of those games that we'll talk about later uh, as upset specials, but you know, a team that you and I saw, Florida State, maybe not the deepest one through five, certainly very qualified one through five, You know where they really excel is kind of their um, six through ten. They, they can wear you down, uh, but they're playing a Vermont team that uh, might give them a little bit of trouble. It's a really unfortunate matchup for two teams that I like a great deal. I think Florida State is immensely talented. The ACC was really good this year, and they were right there as the fourth, fifth best team in the league the entire year, then made the run to the ACC championship game. But man, John Becker and Vermont all season long 
Everyone remembers UMBC beating Virginia. No one remembers the unbelievable upset that UMBC had at Patrick Jim against Vermont in the championship game last year. Every time they played that highlight all year long on TV of UMBC upsetting Virginia, that's that's a jab at Vermont. That should have been us. That could have been us. Absolutely. We would have beaten them. Now, they probably would have actually played them, but but still. And when they got their chance at revenge in the America East Championship game, it was one-sided from the get-go. Vermont blew them out. They don't allow points. They don't turn the ball over. They are very, very good. So is Florida State. Florida State's incredibly talented and unbelievably athletic and the thing about Leonard Hamilton's team this year is they're really really deep whoever gets out of that Florida State Vermont game the next round will be very interesting because Marquette and Murray State is a is an intriguing matchup as well I don't like the Big East I watched Marquette lose at home to Creighton I kind of think Marquette played their best ball 6 8 10 12 weeks ago but Murray State's going to be the favorite in that game. That's oh, not yeah. a twelve-five right. Right. No, no. upset. When we talked about that when we saw the Murray yeah. State's going to be the favorite. Everyone knows Ja Murray is incredible, but when you look at the analytics of Murray State, they do a lot of things well. They're a terrific defensive three-point field goal percentage team. They're a really good shooting team. They're an excellent passing team. Mike, they're probably I don't know. 40 categories that the NCAA ranks teams, one being the best, 351st being the worst. Murray State is not in the bottom 150 in any yeah. statistical category. They've been a team people have been high on all season long. And, you know, uh, you know, and Murray State's one of those teams that a lot of people are going to they're going to pick maybe as an upset. It's probably not really an upset, though. I don't think it's an upset at all. I think Murray State's better than Marquette, and I think Murray State will beat Marquette. But that second round game, then Murray State against Florida State, Murray State against Vermont, though those are those are really good games. All right, well, let's look at the bottom part of that bracket in the West, Dave. You know, obviously Michigan, uh, the Grizzlies, Montana. You have Nevada and Florida. What what kind of interests you at the bottom end there? And Buffalo, of course, is no team's had a good year this year. They'll they'll play the matchup of the Arizona State Saint. I think there are three and a half really good teams in this bracket in the bottom eight here. Michigan, John Beeline, do not doubt John Beeline in the NCAA. I never tournament. do. Every year people want to pick against John Beeline, and every year he goes a step or two further than you would expect. He's very, very good. He's one of the best tacticians in the country. I think Texas Tech, again, incredibly well coached. Chris Beard does an unbelievable job. They are so good defensively and kind of came out of nowhere this year. And Buffalo, when Nate Oates and Buffalo beat Syracuse at the Carrier Dome in the first month of the year. In the post-game press conference, they said, big win for you guys, huh? And he goes, we're better. Yeah. We expect to win. We have we have the better players, and with all due respect, they, they, we're really good, and they are really good. C.J. Massenburg is an absolute star. They score with reckless abandon, and they do that thing that little teams, mid-major teams, you don't see. They really go to the offensive glass, so they're not going to be intimidated playing against a bigger school. I think they beat Arizona State or St. John's. I think they give Texas Tech a really good game. And then you look at Nevada, who went all the way to the Elite Eight last year. You just wonder if they kind of 
were playing their best ball early this year. They had the target on their back, haven't played great down the stretch, and they'll play Mike White in Florida, who is solid. Maybe not spectacular, but I, I, Florida Florida's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the bottom of the bracket has some interesting some interesting teams there. All right, Dave. Now, before we hit the Guinness and the Black and Tans, it is St. Patrick's Day after all, and it is a great day to to be a basketball fan and be alive. Uh, let's take a look at some maybe some of our more exotic picks that we're going to uh, look at, some of the games matchups that you really like. Maybe let's start with the top six first-round matchups that you like. Well, here are some games that I think could be upsets. I don't know if these are my favorite games per se, but just games where I think you might get a result that someone that isn't paying really close attention to is is going to jump off the page. I think Murray State's better than Marquette. Yeah, it's a 12-5. The, the point spread's going to gonna favor Murray State. So it's not really an upset, but but I am not in on the Big East at all, as you will see with some other picks coming up here. But I think Murray State's got a really, really good chance. In that same West region, I just don't know that Nevada hasn't run out of gas. Mm. That's what it's looked like when you've watched them recently. And Florida played in a pretty darn tough SEC this year. Really the best up and down SEC top to bottom that we've seen in a long time. So I, I think Florida's got a pretty good chance in there. In the East bracket, Belmont and Temple, whoever comes out of that, will give Maryland a really good game. I don't really dislike Maryland, but I do like Belmont and Temple a great deal. Over in the South region, you could have some crazy stuff go on. Purdue has one great player, Carson Edwards. Old Dominion's coach, Jeff Jones, is outstanding, and they pride themselves on defense. If they find a way to stop Carson Edwards, who knows? You you don't know there. St. Mary's has an excellent chance to beat Villanova. This, again, not the Big East's best season. And Villanova may have played their best ball during the tournament. But every Big East game is close. What that tells me is... No one in the Big East was that good if every game was that close. Randy Bennett is an unbelievable coach, particularly on the defensive end. That's going to be a close game late, and I'm not sure that I don't want the team that uh, just upset Gonzaga. I'm not sure that St. Mary's wasn't challenged just as much in conference play as Villanova was just because, while Villanova had more good teams in their league, St. Mary's had the one great team in their league, and oh, by the way, third shot at them, they beat them. Now, if you want a couple of just like absolute darts, a couple of really high numbers, I guess the two I would look at would be Yale against LSU. I don't actually like Yale, but I think LSU is ripe to be beaten. And if it doesn't happen in the first round, I think Maryland Belmont Temple have a really good chance. But the real obvious one is UC Irvine. Yeah. Kansas State is playing without I, I don't know. I think Dean Wade is probably their best player. He's their second leading scorer. Kansas State didn't look great without him. And if you have followed the Big West, you see Irvine won 30 games yeah. this year, and they did it primarily with defense. I think they will make it very, very difficult on Kansas State to score. And I, I think that Irvine team is, you know, not not incredible, not unbelievable, but pretty good. I, I, I think... 
I think that's that's a distinct possibility. And the funny thing about Irvine is if they were to beat Kansas State, Wisconsin and Oregon are no monsters over on that yeah, side of the bracket either. Right. The game that I find very interesting, and I'll call this the uh, the 2006-2007 Winthrop potential game, is uh, Northeastern. Uh, Northeastern taking on Kansas. Northeastern as the 13 seed. Kansas as the number two seed. Now, what's interesting about Northeastern, very well coached. Bill Cohen does a great job. They have uh, four double-figure scores. They're a really good three-point shooting team. And Kansas, Dave, they could be vulnerable with their top two players being out. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, I agree. Kansas is vulnerable. I don't think there's any question about that. And Northeastern is cagey. Now, they lost 10 games, and they didn't exactly play in a world-beater league. But, yeah, I mean, and that's another scandal one. I mean, we're starting right. to read rumors about Bill Self going to the NBA, right. and, like, the, the cloud kind of hangs over them. Like, I agree. I think that's a completely reasonable upset pack. All right, what else uh, before we close things out and grab our Guinness? Well, let's make some picks. Yeah, let's, let's do Let's make some yeah. picks. I mean— if you're talking about Final Four or national title, I'm not going crazy here. I told you, I think the eight teams that are seeded one and two right. are the eight best teams. If North Carolina plays Kentucky in the Midwest Regional Final, it'll be an unbelievable basketball game. But yep. because Kentucky has a much more difficult road, I'll, I'll pick North Carolina. I got no problem with that. In the South, um, again, if Tennessee and Virginia play, it'll be a great game. But I kind of said as soon as Virginia lost last year, I'm going to pick them this year because people are going to be off of them because of what happened sure. last year. So I, I think Virginia is going to be really, really tough to beat. And in the West, in the East, you have the really good number one seeds and what I think are the two weakest number twos. I just think the Big Ten was slightly worse than the SEC and the ACC this year. So am I going to conclude by giving you four number one seeds? I think that is the most likely right. chance of happening. I think those are those are the four best teams for a reason. Those are the teams I've liked all season long, the ACC teams plus Gonzaga. But if you want something funny, if you, you're looking for an upset uh, of some sort, um, I mean, Texas Tech can beat Gonzaga. Michigan can beat Gonzaga. I'll, I'll happily take uh, John Beeline. I mean, I, I think John Beeline's a great side to to be on. Um, yeah, okay. I'll go with Michigan just because I don't think you want to have four number ones. But I think Gonzaga can win the national championship. So I'll go Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, and Michigan. I'm going to go Duke, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Okay. And who's going to win the national title? I think it's going to be Duke. Okay. I think it's going to be Carolina. I just think they have the easiest road. And it even goes all the way up to the championship. Even if the best teams advance, I think North Carolina's matchup against Virginia is easier than a Duke-Gonzaga or a Duke-Michigan matchup. I think Roy Williams has the best road. Now, am I scared of Kentucky in the Elite Eight? Yeah, how could you not be? Sure. They're unbelievably talented. Absolutely. And remember, a bunch of their losses were when Reed Travis was out of the lineup. That's right. Reed Travis is back. He's the senior. He's the leader, post guy. Like, like Kentucky's really, really good. But that's what we said at the beginning of the podcast. The ones and the twos this year are correct. So right. everyone is going to have a similar 
road to the final four. And it's, it's, it's difficult. That's the way it should be. The committee did a pretty good job. But if you think the top eight are about right, and you think the committee did a pretty good job, then you should have four of those top eight in the final four. All right, well, send us your bracket, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. We're not giving away anything. You're not going to win anything. Uh, nothing counts. Maybe we'll, we'll uh, the best bracket, maybe we'll just mention, uh, sure. give, give a shout out to, and, and uh, maybe if critique. If you can pick someone other than a one or a two to win the national championship, we'll buy a lunch. Okay, I like that. But you have to come to at Charlotte. The to, at the roasting company. At the roasting company. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Bella, for Dave. I'm Mike. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can send your bracket to us, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. And please, more than just Carlisle's. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> <laughs> No, we appreciate uh, everybody for listening. Follow along, SoundCloud, and on iTunes, and as always, on Twitter, at beardedcarcast.